0: At SAFM with Ashraf Gardner. Sunday morning, two hours of uh, brand communication, media, marketing, advertising, PR, journalism, all that sort of thing rolled into one. Anything that moves, we cover it uh, for the next two hours. My name is Ashraf Gardner. Welcome to the show and welcome in more ways than one. Just by listening is one thing, but you can engage with me on air by calling in. 0891104207. 0891104207. Do tweet at Ashraf ganda and you can SMS to 3470134701. 34701. I'll tell you what: there is so much to talk about over the next uh, two hours. Uh, there's every reason for you, whatever else you're doing, and you can, you know, double up, do whatever. But listen in, uh, including chatting to Chris Vic about Mac Maharaj, who now is. Well, in the last few days, as being the spin doctor of President Zuma, so we can in fact rate him, President Zuma, not him, but uh, Mac Maharaj, in terms of his hits and misses as the spin doctor, the spin doctor that comes up around 9:30. There's a great advert as well uh, for the agency Orange Babies that I want to cover. But let's start with the media. So. What's the media's responsibility? It reports, it's a storyteller, it reflects what happens in society, but uh, in many ways it keeps society in check, isn't it, by virtue of its reporting. And in many ways it praises, but also uh, keeps an eye on things that go wrong uh, in society. So what happens when the media itself gets it wrong? Whether it's media houses, whether it's media individuals. So who holds the media in check? And that's really what we are talking about now. Who keeps the media accountable? How should the media be held accountable. I want to get your opinion. Um, so we'll have Joe Colbert coming up shortly. We do start, however, with Janine Lazarus, who's the owner of Janine Lazarus uh, Media. Janine, appreciate your time once again. Hi. Hi, Esther. Thank you. Well, I think it's a fascinating one. Do you agree that should we be having this discussion in the first place? Who holds the media accountable?
1: I think it's an interesting debate as as are all your your uh, your discussions on a Sunday morning Ashraf. But you know, I was I was giving this some, some thoughts and while I don't think and I think Brad Joe Kilway will, will, will put us in the picture because he's in the know, I don't think that there is a solid plagiarism law in South Africa. I think there's just copyright infringement laws. Um I'm I'm you know i think he could he could shed some light on that but but my thoughts are is there anything really original i mean do we i think on one level or another ashras every writer makes use of some kind of writing that they've read somewhere and the question is how they go about using that how they attribute their sources how they rewrite that copy so that it looks not like they're simply picking something up and using somebody
0: else's copy. Well, you see, it's interesting. I mean, plagiarism is one thing, but there's also, you know, recklessness, negligence, uh, and sometimes getting things not just wrong, but, but, but fabricating. I mean, you may be familiar with that uh, example of, of the Rolling Stones rape on campus story. You familiar with that one? Yeah? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so so what, what do you, I mean, just give us a thought of what happened there and, and, and what we can learn from that okay well you
1: we we do know that i mean that was that was a that was a a story which was uh, which was retracted by Rolling Stone on an alleged rape um, I think it was a it was a very it was a very kind of violent type of story very uh, very uh, what's the word i'm looking for lots of lots of sensationalism in the reporting. Uh, a violent rape was reported. I think the issue here in in the Rolling Stone publication is that the journalists or journalists in question seem to have abandoned what I think are the basic reporting principles. Um, they never corroborated the story. they got the word of the rape victim and they never went to fact check you know the allegations that she'd made from other sources, be they reputable or not. so, I think as a, as, I think as um, a nod, if you like, to the rape victim or in, as as a, as a mark of respect for her, they, they, they perhaps thought it was such a sensitive uh, case that they decided not to, in fact, follow what they should have done, and those are the
0: basic fundamentals mm-hmm. of journalism. Yeah, now look, we do know there are checks and balances, certainly from South African media in terms of council on the one hand, then we have, you know, initially the press ombudsman, now the press council, Joe Clonway will join us shortly, of course, and he would have a good knowledge of that. But, but by and large, without looking at specific cases, uh, Janine, d- do you find that... You know, it's crazy me asking this question. You, you find sometimes the media gets away with being wrong, uh, to not to the same level where, where others uh, you know, outside the media, where the media reports when they do wrong, the media just doesn't give them a chance. It, it doesn't let off.
1: I, I do, I do, and I, and I've got a funny way of, of 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 looking at this. It's almost the the putting the copy into the word copyright, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think the the reality is as much as social media or new media has done us all a favour and and you know put us uh, it made news twenty four seven. There's that whole instantaneous aspect. You know you don't you don't have to wait for newspapers or television to break things. You just need to look at Twitter. I think the reality check is though. The Internet the internet perhaps is inadvertently encouraging plagiarism, Ashraf, because um, it's easy to pull off. Journalists have easy access to lots of online sources and blog blog posts which are absolutely accessible, they're instantly accessible. And much of the time, certainly I see it right now, copy is lifted from sources on the Internet and published without any reference to the uh, original source, and it seems to go unnoticed over and over again.
0: Alright, 089-1104207, I'll take your calls, I'll take your opinions, I'll take whatever it is you want to get off your chest with specific reference to, you know, uh, to what degree do we hold the media accountable, and I say we are part of the media, but... Let me just step aside. To how do we hold media accountable? Is media being held accountable when they, when media gets it wrong? Uh, plagiarism is one uh, information wrong. That's uh, whether it's deliberate or unintended. Uh, then sometimes just sheer recklessness and and what may seem as as abuse. You see the the other one. Uh, and, and just by the way, sorry, you can SMS to three four seven zero one and do tweet at Ashraf Ghani. Like to get your thoughts wherever you are. In the country and love the diversity of opinion i'll emphasize that janine what about you know the the oft-repeated uh accusation that the media has an agenda and uh agenda in the negative sense
1: yeah well of course the media has an agenda i mean everybody who's breathing oxygen has an agenda you know and 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 i often deal with that in in media training people so you know you all you want to write about is bad news you only want to report on the negative i always say don't shoot the messenger if if, in fact, people are reading the bad news, they clearly want it, you know, it's a whole, the whole, uh, whole laws of supply and demand. But that doesn't mean that journalists themselves have the excuse of being lazy. You can't rely, like in the case of this Rolling Stone uh, magazine store, mm. you can't rely on one particular source. You can't put all your faith in one particular source. A journalist... Whether they're writing a good or bad story, they have an absolute critical imperative of checking a story from every possible angle and finding as much corroboration as possible. That seems that seems to not be the way things work anymore. I mean, the, the reality is you, you always, in order to get the job done properly, Ashraf, you start with the basics. You get the facts straight. You don't steal, and what you don't do is you don't give critics even more uh, ammunition to criticise you if you if you stick to the fundamentals of good journalism.
0: All right, but but having said that, and we'll go back a step to to what you said about everybody has an agenda. But but if the agenda, I mean, well, what should the media's agenda agenda be? Uh, meaning, should it be you know honourable reporting, being accurate, being truthful, uh, not distorting anything? That would be the one agenda. The other, and, and I made the point about about negativity. The other is the accusation that the media wants to push a story uh, in in a way that suits an agenda. That they have uh, for example, either removing somebody from power or bringing somebody else on the outside into power, and you can extend that discussion from power of governments to power of, of uh, you know business power etc, even at community level, media has that power, and therefore they will they will use it just in that way.
1: Absolutely, the media has an agenda. Okay, so then I would say to the people who are dealing with the media, the interviewees on the other, uh, sitting on the other side of the camera, that if you're aware of what the agenda is, and you should be aware, you should have done some kind of research, then you are relaying a message, keeping very clear, you're being conscious of what the agenda is. But having said all of that, While the media might have an agenda, what's, what needs to be an imperative, and I'm not talking about the truth because I'm not quite sure whether the truth exists. I think we all have different, you know, different, different definitions, if you like, of the truth. What you're asking the media to do is to give you some kind of balance. If they are reporting a negative or a positive story, it's important to corroborate whatever Supposed facts or allegations that they're getting from at least two or three or possibly four sources. And also to get paper-based, paper-based research. And I'm not talking about research that you pick up off Twitter or a blog or some kind of post that has no, no, no real grounding to it. So, you know, agendas are one thing and I think we live in a world where agendas dictate pretty much everything Everything we do, but as a journalist, your roles and responsibility are still to report a story and still get it verified, cross check it with everybody, is well, with as many sources as you possibly can. Well, well the question
0: is, what happens when when, uh, when when the media doesn't do that? So we're talking about the media, and to what degree is the media being held accountable? And and maybe more so, should it be held accountable to a degree more than than it is right now? And it's one about standards, b about objectivity, three about commitment, four about accuracy, and just good intentions. As as well. Now, if you have examples of, of where you think media is going right uh, or in fact media is going wrong, let me know. There are also examples uh, and fairly recent examples where you know uh, me- media apparently uh, are very quick to jump on the bandwagon when it comes to media practitioners also going wrong. Jeremy Clarkson, a very, very uh, topical one. Uh, Eben Janssen will in fact check to uh, mm. Kaiser Kanyago around 10 o'clock about what's happened with him because he's been taken off the air uh, for that interview with, uh, with the EFF. Uh, there's been the issues of apologies uh, the issues of fabrication of stories, I think, is, 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 a very, very critical one indeed. I'll look at your SMSs in a minute. I certainly will. Joe Clongway is now with me, who's the director in the press council. And of course, he's been the, the press ombudsman for about six, seven years, I think it is. So good chatting to you once again. Hi. Hi, Ashraf. Thank you. Of course, you missed part of, of what we're speaking about. But, but broadly, you know, your thoughts, I mean, even in your role as the press ombudsman before and now with, with the press council, Is the media held accountable when when it gets things wrong? Yes,
2: it's certainly being held uh, accountable. Um, For one, we have our own system, uh, the the self-regulatory system, Mm -hmm. where um, we order publications to apologize, to retract whatever it might be that they might have written wrong. Uh, And then besides that, There are also laws that, in fact, uh, inhibit what uh, journalists uh, can do without being taken account of.
0: Um, There are, for example... Okay, so let's get there. One is self-regulation, where the industry regulates itself. Um, The other is law in terms of government law, so countries' laws,
2: That's what it is, yeah. So in fact, the media are held accountable, there is no doubt about that. For broadcasters, you've got the BCCSA, you've got the ICASA code. Um, there are laws that also govern uh, broadcasting uh, online. They've got a, a code under the IAB that also regulates what they may or may not publish.
0: And, and and your thoughts about about is that is that enough? And I say that in the context of what, Why is it still? It appears so often that media, media either gets it wrong, and, and yes, they do apologize, but also we get, we'll get callers on shows like this, on radio shows, on TV shows, and in newspapers, where the oft the repeated accusation is like, you, you, you guys just manipulate the news to suit yeah. whatever agenda it, it is, the, a the joke. The human mind
2: is very strange. You forget the millions of times that the, the media get it right, and you will cling on to the one instance when it got it wrong. For example, every day, millions of words are chained out by journalists, mm-hmm. millions. But last year, we got something like 600 complaints. Now, 600 complaints against the millions of words chained out daily is just a drop in the ocean. Um, I know that one mistake is one mistake too many. But ultimately, if you look at the broader picture, journalists are getting it right most of the time. All the information that we as individuals have today is derived from what the broadcasters are saying, from what uh, radio is saying, from what te- I mean, what um, television is saying, and from the press.
0: All right, interesting. I will I will check out uh, some SMSs right now. Three four seven zero one. So if you just tune in, we're talking about the media. In fact, the media is uh, being put in the dock. In fact, someone's saying, well, Mrs. Harney laid into the media for writing lines about Chris Harney uh, having extramarital children. But, but you see, what you're not saying is, is how does the media then cover that? Has the media got it wrong or not, according to... One person's opinion versus the the rest of them. Janine Lester, says, what what about intention? You see that that's a key yeah. thing, isn't it? Because because sometimes we talk about what's been published or broadcast, but sometimes intention covers a big area that I suppose even the ombudsman or the press council can't legislate against, which is what doesn't even get aired at all. Yeah,
1: you know, I just before we talk about intention, if you if you if you'd allow me, actually, yeah. I'm listening to Brad Joe, and mm. I'm, I'm ta- you know listening with, with with great interest. I know him well, and. Uh, and he's he's made the point of uh, he's made a very strong point of, the, of 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 how many words are circulated out there and and how many you know the the, the number of apologies or the number of retractions are dropping the mm, ocean. Mm. The problem is, I'm sure Joe would also agree that you know I, I look at it from a from a media training perspective, a training training clients. Once a story is incorrect once uh, an obvious error has been made often clients say to me can we go to the media and ask for an apology and of course that is that you know I, I don't necessarily encourage them to do that because i often think that Apologies are very much tacked on, on 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 the back of sort of on the inside uh, of of a, of, a, of a not even a facing page, and I don't know whether in fact an apology carries as much weight as an incorrect story. But I want to think of of today's paper of the Sunday Times. I don't know if you saw the Sunday Times two three weeks ago. They carried a front page apology um, about a particular story, and I felt so uncomfortable. Not just for the, for the, the issue that they clearly got wrong, but also for the newspaper. There seems to be almost a dearth of apologies, certainly Mm -hmm. in the Sunday press, and I'm not quite sure if that is not just the the responsibility of the journalist and the intention that you're talking about, but also those, that second and third and fourth pair of eyes that have got to check a story before it goes into print. That seems to be a process that that for some reason seems to be less less vigorous than it should
0: be. Okay, you. And I don't know what Joe would think about. All right. That. And before that, just Ashraf Patel, my name. Second in terms of first name, saying uh, great topic. S A F M. We need a more sophisticated semi-regulatory system to keep media accountable. As they have in Sweden, Norway, etc. There are medium. Uh, media freedoms uh, that are guaranteed, but also uh, accountability. Maybe suggesting, in fact, we don't have much accountability here. I don't know if you have a strong thought on this one. 104207 You may want to comment on that. You know, in fact, Janine Les was suggesting the, the apology is just not particularly not good enough. Um, I, th- I think um,
2: Janine hasn't been following um, the press conference <laughs> very very closely. Uh, we match the offence. Uh, we match the sanction. To match the offense, um, where you find there is a very tiny apology, it's because the mistake was a tiny mistake. Mm-hmm. But if you look at all our rulings, we say put this on the front page, put it uh, on the inside page, just to match the, the the size of the offense that was committed. How, how do you
0: measure the size of the offense then?
2: Um, As I say, we measure it in terms of the impact of the story, for example, if they misspell my name, that's a minor Mm offence. So I don't expect them to flash it on the front page, even if they misspelled it on the front page. They will probably tuck it in and say, sorry, we got your name wrong last week. So it's the impact of the story, the impact of that particular offence. And to what extent it... Um,
0: it okay. uh, yeah. so, so you, just for the record, I'll get to calls in a second, uh, Musa. just just one second. You're quite happy that in terms of the sanctions meeting out, you're very happy with, uh, with, uh, with, with what is being meted out, that means you're comfortable with the sanctions, and, and the, the net effect it's having in um, we terms are, we are, of ensuring that the media does strive to be accurate.
2: We're we quite happy with that. For example, Janine herself mentioned the apology last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the apology on the front page of the Sunday Times was as a result of our processes, and the offence was seen to be so serious that it had to be on the front page, above the the, the fold. In fact, it went even further; it ordered the publication to put a poster on. On that particular you the,
0: the Ronnie Cashel's one, is that right? That, that's yeah. the one. And that is almost, I think that's unprecedented, is that it, correct? It is yeah. certainly unprecedented. Okay. That, that's, uh, that's mm-hmm. Because that's the original story was a street poster, so therefore the correction or the apology had to be a street poster story as well. Let's get to some of the calls. Um, I think it's Musa. Musa on the line from Joba. Yeah, go ahead. Hi. Good day to your
3: listeners. Good day
0: indeed. Thank you. Yes. I just need to
3: uh, describe. I hear Joe saying that uh, the self regulatory method works. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to say that uh, it doesn't work. Um, I've done a lot of uh, uh, media stuff myself. Uh, I've written uh, quite a number of articles. What we need in this country is a media type, you know. <laughs> the problem being that uh, some journalists tend to believe and, 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 and supported by the likes of Mr Cholo, tend believe that they are superhuman and that they are above reproach, which is a fallacy. because as the lady, I, I, it's a pity that I can't remember her name, uh, mentioned that uh, everyone has an agenda and everyone is informed by a paradigm. Now, mm-hmm. you cannot therefore tell me that uh, the media is objective because the media, too so often than not, is very subjective. Okay. They are based on... The hidden agendas that they have. And again, it, it also has to do with something that you also mentioned about trying to shift the balance of power, be it from a business perspective or political perspective. And, and, and hence, I'm saying what we need is not a toothless ombudsman,
0: but we need a media tribunal. Okay, but Musa, hey, thanks for the contribution. But uh, when you say a tribunal, right, how would that differ from your version of what is a toothless model right now?
3: How do give a I'm going to make an example for you. With, um, the National Credit Regulator, for instance. Right. The regulator is an independent body from the credit providers out there. Now, the problem I have is that the ombudsman is funded by the media houses. The funds trickle from the media, the various media houses, and therefore there, there is no way that. Uh, the ombudsman can be completely as objective as we would want them to okay, be. Okay, so got that, that. All right, something got, like of the NCR.
0: Okay, got that. Interesting, that interesting one. Let me take one more quick call, then I'll get my guest to uh, to wrap up. Hassan, go ahead. Hi.
4: Yeah, I mean notwithstanding that the credit regulator is uh, a project of the DTI on behalf mm,
0: of the citizens, mm, mm, but
4: uh, be that as it may, I, I mean I don't have a problem with uh, with I think we need uh, the the credibility and the likes of Joe Talway and the work that they do, but. I think that the last speaker did have some point about the shared paradigm that I think media agencies have. And we have experience now working with poor mining communities. We've issued a statement, for example, quite wide about. Uh, mining communities demanding fifty percent of ownership for, for their communities because they suffer both damage in terms of poor health etc for making space for mining and they don't get any benefits despite the promises and there's a great collusion with corporations and governments this doesn't see the light of day so uh, my concern more is about the stories that cannot get in that touch uh, the hearts of people i mean in the local area of Lanesia where i live mm. uh, there's an issue of aurora we local families uh, of sort of an Indian origin, if you like, who were involved in uh, investing fraudulently and uh, so-called, so the media tells us, and depriving mine workers of their wealth. Yeah, the I'm local so, papers so
0: do that. not cover it one bit. Okay.
4: Now, those kind of stories I think I worry a lot more about, and I don't think it's within the All jurisdiction right. that of, be, that, of that, Joe.
0: That's a good point yeah. Thanks for, thanks for that. You see, Juline, I'll go back to that point about, he's talking about omission now. Mm. The press council can't rule on omission, can they?
1: Well, I mean, I think, I think Joe, I think Joe would be more in a position to be able to tell you what they can or can't rule, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with Joe if I, if I can, and I do that with of, due respect. Of of course because, you I, can, yeah. because I have enormous respect for what he's done and for his organization as well. You know, he, he's talking about, um almost punishment that fits the crime in, 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 uh, to, to paraphrase what he's talking about. He's saying, you know, if, if in fact his, uh, his body sees a story as a story that's really, in, in their view, as a serious emission effect mm. or, you know, they haven't, they haven't, uh, garnered the correct sources and, 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 cross-checked and verified like last week's Sunday Times story with Ronnie Caswell, they will run an apology above, uh, above, above the fold. You, you, you made the point that that, that has set a precedent. You know, when damage is done, it's, it's easy for a body like Joe's, uh, like, like Joe's organization to, to determine the level of injury that has mm, been mm, caused. Mm. But when you are on the receiving end of that incorrect bit of reportage, it may be a lot more injurious than, in fact, his organization deems it. It, 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 it can result in... All sorts of things that perhaps his body doesn't even take into account. Okay, so you're
0: saying the affected party needs more than just an apology. Interesting one. We're going to wrap up. Joe, Joe, give me your your thoughts on that, responding to Janine's comments. Um, uh, if, if, if If you believe that you
2: have been offended to such an extent that you require much more than just an apology, then there are other routes. You can go to court. You can sue for damages. You can do whatever. All that we provide is a very speedy way of getting your name cleared. That's all that we provide. And we make that very clear. And again, the people who criticize the press council, I would suggest to them that they need to go and look at our rulings. They are available on our website. Look at our rulings and then come to a conclusion about whether we are, in fact,
0: matching our offences. Okay. To now, now, let me just stay with this one, the point that, that Hassan brought up, where a local community newspaper uh, you know, decides to omit a story of members from that community. It's not a normal community story, I'm talking of Aurora, uh, because, but they come from that community. Why would they, they not cover that? Because what? They've got vested interest not in, in terms of rattling the cage of those individuals? We don't know, right? But, but can you rule on that? So, no, so if someone complains to say this local newspaper, and I think he made the point about Lanesia, did not cover the story because this person's family resides in this small community, uh, we want you to take that newspaper to task by omission. Can you do that?
2: No, unfortunately we can't. We live in a country where we've got freedom of expression, freedom of the media, and you can't dictate to an editor what to publish in his publication that would be violating his rights of uh, freedom of expression.
0: Okay. He's got to decide what in- he wants to put. Interesting publish. one indeed yeah. Uh, uh, la- last thought on the, the, Janine, did you want to say anything else? Just yeah <laughs> but I was yeah. saying that um, the the beautiful thing these days
2: is that we are living in a world where everybody has access to broadcasting via your cell phone Yeah. Um,
0: is is sure. that is that sufficient? I think that that's the the other issue, right? Yeah. Okay, Janine just to wrap up on that, your your thoughts on the omission part? I mean, what does that say? You know, should there be grounds where within, like they say, freedom of expression has limitations, but omission also should have limitations. So you can't just ignore stories because you don't want to. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's a difficult one to to adjudicate on. I mean, you know, you know, to one particular publication uh, uh, or in in one journalist's eyes. Uh, 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 avoiding a particular story like that is 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 not a train smash to somebody else it is so how how do you determine what is important and what isn't important i mean i think i think joe makes a point that, uh, that that is that's something that's not easy to adjudicate on no. but no. I, I, if i can um, I um just one point Once the milk is spilt, it's spilt. A sorry is one thing. An apology, whether it's on the front page of the newspaper or tucked inside on page 13, that's one thing. The damage has already been done. And it's very difficult for organizations to recoup or to recover from that kind of, of erroneous reportage. So we do need to start looking at a more vigorous type of news reporter, somebody who really goes all out to cross-check and corroborate and verify all of his thoughts. Okay,
0: that's, that's where we can leave it. Janine Lasdras, thanks for your time from Janine Lasdras Media. Joe Colbert, the director in the Press Council, appreciate your time as well. Uh, thank you so much for that. Now, for